Justin, we are back. Jay-Z reviews, Oscar picks. How you feeling, buddy? I'm doing pretty awesome. Really excited for this ceremony in a couple in a in a few days. It's gonna be it's gonna be really really. So fun. you're Justin Zaccone. I'm Zach Zaccone. Um, for people that don't listen, we do this one podcast a year. Um, it's our annual Oscar picks, and Justin, this is our eighth one now that we've done. We do it right up, and the last few years we've done a podcast as well. Pretty crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. It doesn't the years have just flown flown by since we started this, and I can't believe we're on year eight now. So we compete against each other, and uh, Justin, you finally bested me last year, buddy. You finally got me. I know. After after six <laughs> years, I finally I finally beat you. So hopefully, I can hopefully I can continue. You're, you're trending in the right direction. I started off five and zero. Oh. I, I crushed you. You were uh, I don't know what you were doing. You're uh, you're on something, I think, and. <laughs> Uh, two years ago, we tied. We tied. Even if we had some different uh, picks in different categories, we ended up tying somehow. And then last year, you got me. Uh, do you remember what the margin was? I think it was by one pick, or maybe it was two. I, I think it was one pick you got me by. Yeah, it was pretty close, but um, a, vic- a win's a win. Uh, I know. A win's a win. <laughs> uh, just frustrating. So I'm ready I'm ready to get back at you. I'm ready to put you back in your place. Um, this year, the 91st Oscars, before we get into the picks, Justin, what do you think about the Oscars having no host? Kevin Hart was slated to host. Uh, people, as they do these days, dig up a Twitter feed. Um, there were some homophob- homophobic jokes made. Uh, people didn't like that. The Culver's ousting. The Oscars responded by firing him. Kevin Hart seemed to want to come back a little bit, but then uh, he just like, it's not worth my time. And they... The Oscars as a whole just scrapped it. They said, no host, no controversy, more monologues. Movie montages, um, more movie montages, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think it's going to be interesting because they, they haven't had a host. The last time they didn't have a host was about 30 years ago, and apparently um, it did not go very well. There was a lot of, like, infinite, inf- infamous things. Like, R- Rob Lowe did a very infamous bit that went horribly – and still is is on YouTube for people to. That's watch. what we want, and, Justin. Uh, we want something like that. I want something that's going to be memorable for all the wrong reasons. Sometimes, sometimes that's what you. That's more better than you know some montage that we won't remember. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Better. Yeah. More. More train wreck potential is always is always good for or for the national audience, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, it's not good for the Academy, who have who has backtracked on pretty much all of their stances outside of the outside of the host aspect the last the last couple of weeks from um, from cutting those yeah. categories to to uh, to only doing originally two original songs performing. Now they're doing all five on top of uh, on top of Queen performing. Yes, now. give me more Queen. So, so they wanted to cut the. It's kind of funny they were talking. It was kind of they wanted to have the have the ceremony be three hours closer to three close to three hours as it could be, and now it looks like it's gonna be back to being almost four hours again. Because you gotta imagine like Queen's gonna do like a seven minute medley of songs. Perfect, beautiful, for... beautiful. So yeah. what I want. And so. I actually agree with them, Justin. Just play the two songs everybody wants to hear. Um, all the mm-hmm. stars. Uh, who sang that one again? Uh, Kendrick Lamar, um, and, Kendrick Lamar, right? And yeah, yeah, Kendrick Lamar. Was SZA part of that too? 
Yes, yeah, she's featured. Yeah. She does like the she does Kendrick Lamar and SZA, all the stars, and then Shallow, the big ginormous hit. Um, everybody wants to hear, and I can. There, there's a Mary Poppins song, but it's very slow. It's not going to play off well, probably live. I know Bette Midler's doing it now, but still, uh, <laughs> you know, it. Yeah, there's just two songs that people want to hear. And yeah. give me Queen, and give yeah. me Queen. But the, I mean, this this will be interesting. I'm I actually think it'll be better this time than it has been in the past. But there was also that controversy that the Oscars were not going to. You know, show the award uh, receive. They're not going to show the speech live for the winner of four different categories, and they completely scrapped that after a ton of backlash. Which makes sense. Come on, like don't do yeah. that. But i I think they are. I think they are going to be more aggressive though, and like keeping the speeches uh, short. Like I heard, like ninety seconds, like top for speeches. Or, I think it's. I think they're going to be. They're going to be pushing that pretty hard. So you'll hear you hear the music come up a little bit faster than usual this year. So uh, yeah, I think you're right. At least for the small categories, especially. Yeah, yeah, and honestly, those those categories are my favorite because like they don't those are the people that don't don't usually get the show. Yeah, exactly. And especially the so, back, the people in the background like cinematography for you, like costume design, like production design. Those people need respect. That you're one of those people, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, I'm. I. I'm a film. I'm a bit of a. I'm a bit of a video editor and and shooter. So I do, I do like those categories. Those are those are my favorite ones. So, yeah. So Justin, without further ado, we talk about the Oscars a little bit, but let's get into the meat and potatoes of this podcast. Let's start getting into some of these categories and our predictions for them. Are you ready? Yep, I'm ready to go. All right, Justin. So the first one, we're just gonna hit it off right away. Best live action short film. Um, what are you feeling for this one? We have Detainment, Fauve, Marguerite, Mother, or Skin. I'm going to let you take this I, one first. I, after doing a little bit of um, reading on all these uh, live-action short films, I did, I realized that um, Skin is probably the one that's going to win. It seems more relevant to you know, the political moment, and uh, you know how Hollywood is uh, is big into politics. And this Skin is about a, uh, is about a father who told... The story told from uh, his son, who is uh, he's an American neo-Nazi who eventually gets his sort of like comeuppance. And I think that uh, I think that the frame of view, the point of view that the story is told and the and the subject matter is is pretty uh, is pretty um, important for this moment. I think like the Academy will like jump all over that. So, yeah, that definitely sounds like something right up Hollywood's alley for sure. But uh, I don't know. That feels almost too on the nose, and it's playing too upfront. And I, I think I, I have Marguerite in this category. It's a film about an aging woman and and her nurse, and they develop a friendship that inspires her to unearth unacknowledged longing and thus help her make peace with her past. Um, we have not seen these movies. We would like to, and I'm sure they're available somewhere online. It's it's hard to fit it in, quite honestly. So we had to read about these films and I had to look at the odds and I've seen Marguerite as a little bit more of a favorite. So I'm going to go with Marguerite. You're going for more of the message skins right behind it. It's either going to be Marguerite or skin. I feel, but I'm feeling Marguerite. So we're already different. I like this right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to a slam dunk. Mm-hmm. Justin. This might be the, one of the biggest slam dunks in the night. I, I considered there's two of them. 
but this is definitely mm-hmm. one of them, and that's best animated short film. Animal Behavior, Bow, Late Afternoon, One Small Step, and Weekends. Justin, I have Bow, and I think it's not even going to be a close contest. Yeah, it's it's yeah. It played in front of a. It played in front of a Incredibles. Two. That's all I had. To, that's all I had to say. It played in front of Incredibles Two is the highest grossing animated film in history, right? Yes, and uh, it's a. It's one of the. It's one of the. It was one of the biggest box office smashes of the year, and it it also got a lot of uh, social media attention, and um, it's because it's about um, it's about a uh, a mother who is uh, suffer who uh, who whose son has grown up and moved out of the house and all of a sudden she's making a dumpling and the dumpling comes to life and becomes her her new child and eventually the the dumpling grows up to be to to drive her away too as as kids do with their parents and so the uh so the mom decides to take things a little bit into her own hands of being separation anxiety again and uh, that's I won't spoil the ending for you, but it's it's pretty it's it's a very good animated feat, animated yeah. short. And there's also one other thing to note about this category and bow. It's a Pixar animated short, and that's all you need to know pretty much about this category. They absolutely dominate this. Yes, it's a it's a routine. It, Pixar is a is a routine um, is a routine winner for best animated short and animated feature. But as we might talk about later, that might change a bit this year. Yeah, that's just, I mean Pixar just has so much money to put behind these little animated shorts compared to the rest of the animation studios that they usually sweep this category no problem every year that they put out one. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it has been seen by so many people. I mean, how many people do you know have seen an animated short film beyond what they saw in front of The Incredibles? I would say less than 5%. <laughs> yeah. Might be, yeah. It might people be smaller are... than that even. So, yeah. They're... They're, they're, all, they're all available online for free, but I don't think people are actively searching for them until unless they are like told about no. So, Justin, best documentary short subject. These are all online. These can be seen. And this is a this is a tough one. I think we're actually going uh, – these are very, very topical films. So there's Black Sheep, End the Game, Lifeboat, A Night at the Garden, and period, end of sentence. That's literally the name of the movie, period, dot, end of sentence, dot. Now, I'll tell you this, period – and a sentence, that period, end of sentence isn't going to win. <laughs> um, it's definitely, it, it has the least odds of winning this category. And these categories, folks, you just got to look around um, the internet. There's a lot of information out there to help you lean towards where people in the academy are going. And it seems to be a two-way race. Again, these are these are sometimes really tough categories. And Justin, you and I might separate on this. So I'm just going to tell you a little bit about this film. After the high-profile killing of Demolayla Taylor, this is a black woman in London, Cornelius' mother moved their family out of London only to find themselves living on an estate ripe with racism. But rather than fight back, Cornelius become more like people who hated him. This was filmed with um, non-actors. And the, the main subject of this film was bullied so badly he bleached his skin, he got blue eye contact to try to look more like the people around him so he'd be bullied less. I just think it's a very topical film. I've heard it's very powerful. So I'm going to go with Black Sheep here. But I think I have a 
Inkling, you might be thinking differently. No, I'm um, I'm gonna go with uh, Lifeboat. It's a story about um, it's a story about the uh, movie about the European Im- 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 immigrant crisis, migrant crisis. Sorry, and uh, this uh, German nonprofit named Sea Watch that that um, that that uh, does a ton of rescue missions on these boats to go from North Africa to Europe, and that the Europe uh, European migrant crisis has been. An increasingly big problem, you know, in the news the last couple of years. And uh, this documentary is certainly topical in that aspect. But um, I'm not sure how much, how well it will play, uh, it'll play stateside as much. Because um, thinking with the the crisis that we are having at the at the border a bit, um, I think I think that the the academy voters will kind of make the connection and will pick this one. But those are just my two cents. Interesting. Interesting. I, I don't know. That, that doesn't feel like it'll play as much to me. I, I see where you're coming from. Um, I I just see Black Sheep being a little more powerful of a story, and I've read a lot of good things about it as well. Um, yeah. So going off of best documentary source subject, let's go to uh, best documentary. And Justin, do you want to tell me what those uh, nominees are? Oh uh, yes, it's a uh, it's a free solo, Hale, Hale County this morning this evening, mining the gap, a fathers and sons and R and R B G, and so uh, I have I've heard good things about every single one of these documentaries, especially mining the gap that made uh, a ton of critics list this year, top tens and top twenty fives and so forth, and uh, from what I've it has not done well in award season though uh that belongs to uh free solo and rgb those have they've been kind of duking out in in the in the uh in the guilds and such and so but free solo is this very epic tale about uh, a climber and uh and it has like it has done very very a free climber sorry free climber climbing up yosemite and i think that um that like sh- the sheer the sheer natural awe of the the documentary is going to um, is going to take the day. It won it won at the it won um it's been it won Sundance as a as you um as you yes as you see yeah and then um but I think it and it did really well at the box office like like RBG did but I think I think it's gonna win. Free, free solo? Yeah, free solo. I agree. Uh, this is definitely a two-way race between RBG, which is about Ruth Bader, Bader Ginsburg, and then free solo, the guy who climbed 3,000 feet up the Yosemite. Um, free, free climbed it up. And the, their their ability to get those shots and that filming um, of a guy doing something like that, this comes to mind a little bit, uh, Man on Wire. Do you remember that movie? Oh, yes, I do. Yeah, so a guy doing incredible feet at incredible heights. Um, that one swept the awards season, and I think Free Solo is very much along the same vein. Ruth Bader Ginsburg is—it's um, a good story, but I think there's been a lot of written about her already. I don't think it was necessarily as revealing, just as getting some maybe of her later life stages here and some behind the scenes on that. Um, it definitely has made a lot of money, but as far as a more powerful story, um, Free Solo, I believe is the winner here. And I think it, I give it like 
I, I'd consider a pretty heavy favorite in, in comparison. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, Justin, I'm sorry. There, there's there's three slam dunks. I'm completely losing my mind. But let's move on to the next category. And one of them is the slam dunk. Best foreign language film. So we have Cape of Numb, Cold War, Never Look Away. Never Look Away, Justin. Roma and Shoplifters. I, before we get on our picks, Justin, were you surprised Burning was not nominated? The South Korean film that has um, Glenn from The Walking Dead. Yeah, I was a bit surprised because it was the it was it was a, the one of the biggest uh, critical hits of uh, of 2018, and I thought it was definitely going to get in. But uh, I think a lot of people were shocked that uh, it did not get nominated. So I was a bit surprised. I haven't seen it. But I've heard it's I've heard it's it's uh, it's amazing, and I'm I'm a little bit surprised it didn't make it. Yeah, to the Oscars. and Justin, did you pick anything other than Roma here? I did not know. It's it's a it's far and away the uh, one of the most important movies of the year, and I'm sure we'll get more into it later on. But this this is a, a layup for yeah. Sure. Roma has ten nominations now. There, I don't remember the last time this happened, but there's two directors in this category, nominated for Best uh, Director, the Cold War Director and the Roma Director, and we'll get into their names later. Um, but just the fact that there's two, I mean, that's really powerful. This is a strong year for foreign films, and we just talked about one that was on a lot of critics' top ten lists that didn't even get uh, nominated. So good things happening yeah. over the seas. And, Justin, there's one more snub I want to talk about, and I apologize, but I'm going to go back one category on Best Documentary Feature. And that was the Mr. Rogers uh, documentary. Were you surprised to see? Won't you be my neighbor? Is the name of it. Uh, I I was a bit surprised because uh, when it came out, it got like big critical reviews. Everybody was talking about huge how how, uh, how positive and uh, and like nostalgic it made them for Mr. Rogers' neighborhood when they were kids. And I'm surprised that it uh it did not make at least the nomination. And it won the Producers Guild yeah. Award. <laughs> yeah, with all the buzz. I, I I am I was dumbfounded by it. I, it does not make any sense to me, uh, considering how much buzz was behind it, how much support it had within uh, the award circuit. It, it, it was crazy. It, it, it's crazy. I, I I really don't understand it. It's a really solid movie. I've seen bits and pieces of it. I haven't seen the whole thing, but it's really well done. Um, but as far as that goes, uh, we, we got to move on to the next uh, category, and. That is best animated feature. Incredibles two, Isle of Dogs, Murray, or Murray, sorry, Murray. Ralph breaks the internet, and Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Justin, I am a big Pixar fan. It's really hard for me to pick against this. As as much as I want to pick Incredibles two, everything is trending. Especially since the Golden Globes and Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, and that's my pick here in this category. Yeah i i saw I saw Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse a few weeks ago, and I was just um, totally blown away by by the uh, the animation technique and style. It does feel like it's like popping out of a comic book, and uh, all of, like the visuals and uh, and um, animation style is just um something that i 
I haven't seen before in a movie. It feels way different than like Pixar or any sort of like um, DreamWorks or any like those those type of those type of movie those type of animated movies. And um, I, it was truly groundbreaking and uh, just a delight in every sense of the every sense of the word. And I I'm looking forward to seeing it win on Oscar night because it has been it has been killing it everywhere else on the award circuit. So. You think you think it's worthy of uh, it's 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 win? Uh, definitely. I really, Incredibles two was awesome, and I I I enjoyed my time watching it. But um, but uh, Pixar's gonna have to take a back seat this year because uh, Spider Man into the Spider Verse was uh was truly something else, and uh, the voice talents that they had they all got for that. On top of the animation style and the in the story itself was. It's like a, it's the perfect combination for everything you wanted in an animated movie, especially a comic book based one. Yeah, Phil, Phil Lord and Chris Miller just just continuing to crush it in terms of their writing, uh, acclimates. Yeah, they're they are very they are very creative people, and they've definitely figured out how to how to navigate animation better than pretty much anyone outside of outside of Pixar and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do next. I very much uh, I very much agree with you though. Spider-Verse definitely a very different unique take on animation and I think they should I I agree it should be um awarded for that type of uh, boldness and their willingness to take something in a new direction that we haven't really seen before. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And uh it's it's always awesome to hear them talk and like their process and it's nice that they were able to bound rebound from uh from uh the the Sol- the Han Solo movie that they got uh that they got kicked off of. So oh, yeah. I mean check out this uh cast. Jake Johnson, this is the voice cast of Spider-Verse. Jake Johnson, Haley Steinfeld, Mahershala Ali, um Zoe Kravitz, John Mulaney, Nicolas Cage, Lee Schreiber, Chris Pine. Uh, it keeps going on. It's it's a loaded. And a lot of those are small but I mean, as a whole, it's hard to beat. Yeah, it's yeah, it's ridiculous. It's uh, it's crazy. So, in terms of crowd pleasers, as far as the and we should mention again, Incredibles two, highest grossing animated film, um, in history, but not going to win. Quite incredible. Oh, hello, pun. All right. <laughs> um, we're gonna move on to the crowd pleasing category, best visual effects. Um, this might be this might as well just be called the popular film award that the Oscars nicked way back uh, a few months ago. The Oscars try adding a few new categories. One of them was popular best popular film, right? And people yeah, were like, "Wow, yeah, that sounds yeah. like you know an MTV Movie Award." So they got rid of it pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Um, just in one category. So now that we're talking about a little bit about the Oscars and what they're trying to change, I there was one category I really liked at the BAFTAs. I thought it was really cool. Is Best Newcomer <laughs> Award. And yeah. Bill Burnham won, I believe, for eighth grade, correct? Yes, he did. That would be a really cool um, award to have at the Oscars. It'd be like the equivalent of like Rookie of the Year, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And... uh and so many people, and there's so many, so many movies get made now, and especially, especially uh, independent cinema, that like people at Netflix buys straight up at Sundance and these other film festivals that don't get, don't get the, uh, don't get the, um, don't get like really the accolades that they probably should outside of like the Independent Spirit Awards, 
But um, yeah, I think like the I think that best newcomer award would be a really cool addition to the Oscars and really give some ex- more exposure to these like first and second time filmmakers that um that haven't really gotten a chance before. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. So going back to the best popular film um slash best visual effects uh award, we have Avengers Affinity War, Christopher Robin, First Man. Ready Player One, and Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, Justin, if Avengers doesn't win here, people are going to be upset, I feel. (laughs) That's my pick, but uh, I just feel people are going to be upset. They're going to be like, come on, man. Yeah, Avengers is Avengers is like 90% CGI. So it's going to be it's it's really hard to imagine them not not giving Avengers that with all the uh, with all the um, with all the with all the effects that are involved in, in involved in that movie, and uh, but I'd really like to say uh, Ready Player One was a uh, was the effects were really really cool in that with the with the virtual video game world and the whole shining sequence where they're they basically go through the whole they they jump into the world of the of the shining. That was that was that was really amazing. Yeah, that was that. I would definitely give you that one. The Shining was very well done. That whole scene where they go back into that uh, world. That was very cool. Definitely something different from the books that I really appreciated. Now, there's a lot I didn't appreciate, but that was something I did appreciate about that movie. Um, but I, I just, the public support behind Infinity War, the massive achievement that it is and filmmaking, just bringing all these characters together and being able to pull it off um, in a very successful way. I just, and Josh Brolin, for that matter, he was really good. They did a really good job with him making a completely CGI bad guy, you know, relatable. I just, yeah. I, I, I think it's the clear cut winner here. It, it's not the slam dunk. Like I was saying, just because maybe uh ready player one can pull it off. Maybe star Wars, but I highly doubt it. It's going to be an infinity war. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since it was definitely the highest grossing movie of, of 20 of 2018. And, uh, and it did get, it did get good reception from from both critics and and the general public. So. Yep. So Justin, let's move on to the more con- the two most confusing uh, categories in terms of why are these two different categories, and that's best sound editing and best sound mixing. Now let me first tell you what the difference is, and I wrote I wrote I wrote this down also in the write up. Um, According to the New York Times, sound editing is about the collection of sounds needed for a film, the process of collecting them. Sound mixing refers to what is done after they are collected. So the kind of sounds that you can collect for a movie and how they sound. And then the sound mixing is how they sound and how well you integrate it into the film. Would you agree? You're the background guy. Yeah. 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 I'd say that. Yeah. Mixing is a. Yeah, they are def- the execution of of editing and mixing are two are two similar but like totally very different arts as well. So, all right, so let's go to the first one then. Let's go to the first part of that art because you can't mix the sound without having the sound. So, best sound editing is where you collect the sound needed for the film. Um, Black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody, First Man, Shh, A Quiet Place, and Roma. So those are the five nominees. And Justin, I read a lot about this category, and I read a lot 
about how First Man worked with NASA and they tried to collect every sound they could to make the launch as real as possible, the sound of the metal clanking around and things like that. And and that that was an achievement, at least in, in terms of sound editing. The only the only possible one I see competing with it is A Quiet Place. That movie literally is <laughs> a large part of it is the sound and how the characters react to that sound. So the sound is very important, and obviously to the fear that the creatures um, ignite and those, you know, those subtle quiet sounds or the, the fall of a lamp, those sounds mm-hmm. seem to be amplified. So they're more uh, impactful in the movie. So I can definitely see a quiet place uh, upsetting, but I believe first man and their work they did with NASA is going to win the day here. So first man's my pick for sound editing. Yeah. I've, I've read that first man is also the, the, the climax of the scene where he's, where they're going to the moon is built around on that sound and the intensity and all of the, it really takes you into like inside the cockpit of a NASA space shuttle and being like totally immersed and, uh, and stressed out by, by that space mission was definitely helped with, uh, with all the sounds that were collected with NASA. And I think, I think that, I think those will get awarded on Oscar night, especially because Damon Chazelle has had, success in sound categories in the past so yes that's true i agree with you yeah he's definitely had a lot of success in the past with um whiplash and la la land so going to sound mixing now this is after this is that after part how does it sound in the film so we have black panther bohemian rhapsody first man roma and a star is born so all the same nominees except for a star is born switching out with a quiet place and justin if people aren't aware listening to this a star is born has been making a lot of noise recently (laughs) also a pun ah baby we're on a roll (laughs) um it's been making a lot of noise lately around the circuit and the story is starting to circulate you know maybe this is the press as well you know the oscar press that goes around um the fact that bradley cooper as director mandated that all the scenes uh all the musical scenes all the performances were performed live that includes you know the opening scene where it you don't know he's at coachella but he is he's at coachella performing that in person um for a a crowd of people just he wanted the audience reaction to be more real the sound to be more real and it came off great the album was really stellar uh sold a lot of copies um, the movie obviously has made millions and millions of dollars. And the fact that they were able to pull that off, I think, is an achievement within itself. And I can see Bohemian Rhapsody, maybe. Maybe. Um, Black Panther is in this category. Eh, you know, that's that's more like action, like pew, pew, pew type sounds. This is more musical. It's got to mm-hmm. be impactful. The sound's very important. So I'm going to go with Stars Born in this category. Um, I'm gonna have to disagree with you, Zach, and go with uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Beautiful, I love getting one up on you. It's nice. Yeah, even though it is, uh, it is, it is kind of like a head and heart situation here, where uh, I do, I do really love Stars Born, and uh, and uh, the sound in it is incredible. But it just hasn't had like the award season success that it definitely wasn't hoping that it definitely was hoping for 
when it first got released in the fall. And Bohemian Rhapsody has just been sweeping up all of these all of these sound awards. And it just won um a couple nights ago the Cinema Audio Society Awards for best uh, for best uh, best sound in a live action feature. Well, shit. About <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so uh, I think uh, Bohemian it it really people seem to love Bohemian Rhapsody. And even though it was all filmed all um all the crowd noise and all the live performances were CGI mixed in after. Um, it, uh, it's, it's been taking the awards season by storm. And I think that, uh, I think that it's going to win this one. Oh man, they did nail that last scene, the live aid concert. I'll give them that. They definitely nailed it, but it, it's not his voice. Ah, but I mean, the fact that they did nail it, maybe it is good sound mixing after all. Oh, you're yeah. making me think again, but I already made my pick. I can't go back on it at this point. Right. Yeah. Well, Zach, it won't be Freddie Mercury's voice when Queen plays at the Oscars. So. No. Is Adam, is Adam uh, Lambert going to be performing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe they should just have Rami Malek perform. <laughs> yeah. And have, yeah. Adam, have, Adam, have Adam Lambert sing over him. like, mixed, like <laughs> No, they should uh, have Rami Malek perform and then just expose him. And then uh, everybody will be like, wait, this guy <laughs> might win Best Actor? <laughs> uh, it, it might be a good embarrassing moment. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So that's sound editing and sound mixing. Always an interesting category to to talk about. <laughs> Sorry. What is that sound? Oh, we're oh no, we're at, no, we're doing best film editing. I was doing a terrible <laughs> job of editing. Over <laughs> to the next part. So the yeah. nominees: Black <laughs> Klansman. It's Black Klansman. Bohemian Rhapsody. The favorite. Green Book and Vice. Get ready to hear those names a lot for the rest of the podcast, by the way. So this one, Justin, man, there's a lot of categories up in the air. And this is definitely one that's up in the air for me. Uh, what Do you see this between uh, two movies? I, I think we're thinking of the same two movies, but I, I'll let you take first on this one. Yeah, I think it's between Bohemian Rhapsody and uh, and Vice. Yep. And uh, I'm kind of wor- I'm I do kind of want to pick I. It is it is a tough one because the uh, the American uh, 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 Society of Editors, the the editing guild, picked uh, picked um, Bohemian Rhapsody actually for best film editor for their guild award. So it was it is interesting, but um, but Vice has been um, Vice is seen as like the the betting favorite at least for film editing, and it is it is edited in the same sort of vein as The Big Short was uh, Adam McKay's last movie, and. Uh, and that lost to uh, that lost to Mad Max, which Rightfully was just so. an incredible, which which is which was a way editing really like really set the tone for all the action sequences and stuff like that. So you can't really blame the loss on on the Big Short, but I do think that Vice will will get the redemption this year, and uh, and Bohem- just because like Bohemian Rhapsody is just a, it's just a lower quality movie than Vice, and uh, yes, Justin. We need to talk about something here. It's frustrating me. What is the love with Bohemian Rhapsody? I don't get it. Someone explain it to me. People, I guess you had to understand. I love Queen. They are my favorite band. This movie was so disappointing. Do you do you agree with me about this movie? I I do, and I, you can definitely tell it was uh, told with the uh, with the uh, remaining members of Queen definitely in mind. And their their influence is heavy, and uh, especially with some of the revisionist history of how the uh, the songs are written. 
or how this what credit for, for which songs were, were written so um and uh it couldn't really decide what it wanted to be either if it wanted to be a queen movie or a freddie mercury movie and it really straddled the, the balance horribly in such a such a tone deaf ish way that um yeah that's that's the biggest problem i didn't know if i was watching a queen movie or uh a freddie mercury movie it couldn't decide what it wanted to do it definitely, like you said, it revised some of the history, which, you know, sometimes happens in movies. Um, but seeing it eight before the Live Aid concert, uh, I don't know. They could have they could have gone so many different ways with this. The, the whole movie was basically just building up for a 20-minute scene at the end. Um, but it, I feel like it's going to win. And it's just because it has the backstory of how many years it took to make this. Um, they had the different directors, and yet they pulled together a movie that made eight. Justin, this movie has made eight hundred fifty million dollars worldwide. That's that's amazing. it's insane. That's, I, that, I can't even imagine. That, oh my god! That, it's so shocking to me how much money this movie has made, and <laughs> it's not good. But people love Queen, and I think it speaks to the popularity of Queen. Like you said. They're putting them on probably for seven, eight minutes at the Oscars. They didn't need to be, but they did it because they know everybody loves them. <laughs> so I'm unfortunately thinking Bohemian Rhapsody is might win, but my pick here is Vice still. I think McKay, uh, well, it's not McKay. His name isn't on it, but I mean, his name's all over the movie. He did lose to Mad Max, and I'm starting to think maybe I'm making the wrong decision here. I'm not backing out. I made my pick. It's Vice. But Mad Max also, a lot of turbulent years making that film that came together and was successful. Bohemian Rhapsody, very similar story against um, an Adam McKay film. So, and that's, that's my rant about Bohemian Rhapsody a little bit. <laughs> but man, 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 I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. But I love Queen. Yeah, this would, but I love Queen. This would be... Yeah, it would be. This would be a rough. This would be a rough loss if uh, if Queen, if uh, Bohemian Rhapsody won in film editing because the film editing was okay. It did like some little things during some like sequences that like made it a bit creative and like got it out of the got it out of the mud a bit. But it was just like it, there wasn't really anything special to like the storytelling and like how the structure of the movie. So, but no, I agree. I agree. I agree, but let's. We got to move on, Justin. We got to move on. Yeah, let's let's go move to a happy <laughs> best original song. But, yeah. So we have all the stars, Black Panther, I'll Fight from Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the documentary, The Place Where Lost Things Go, Mary Poppins Returns, When a Cowboy Trades His Spur for Wings, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, and Justin, there's one more, but you gotta. Tell me something, boy. Um, it's it's shallow. Star is born. Are you happy in this modern world? I, I'll just keep singing it. It's a great song, Justin. This yeah, is my is. slam dunk of the night. I don't know what the odds. I don't even know if there are odds in this category because it's, it's such a heavy favorite. Mm-hmm. But shallow for a star is born. I mean, it's gone as many platinums as you can name it. It is an absolute banger, baby. It's a banger. I love it. I've listened to this song so many times. And and my love for it isn't the reason I'm picking it. Well, it is partially, but 
It's a jam, mm-hmm. and it's it's won every single award it's possibly could have won, including a Grammy. So it, it, it this is gonna win. Yeah, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty show staffing song, and it is amazing in every sense of the word. And uh, and um, I'd like to say a little bit piece for when a cowboy trades a spur for wing, spurs for wings for the from the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Tim Blake Nelson sings this song like he had to like learn how to play guitar for this song and he's doing like a whole bunch of things during his little vignette which is the first one Mm -hmm. in the ballad of buster scruggs and the song is the song is pretty good but shallow just like it's just a juggernaut and uh and a monster and i don't see how how it doesn't win so at least uh at least um a star's bone will get one one win for one oscar win okay so let's move on um the best original score um, we have Ludwig Ludwig Goronson for Black Panther, Terence Blanchard for Black Klansman, Nicholas Brittell if Beale Street could talk, the always honorable Alexandra Desplat of Isle of Dogs, and Mark Shaman for Mary Poppins Returns. Justin, I'm gonna let you take the bet on this one first. I'm in, I'm um, in between. I- I'm in between. Yeah, I the Black Panther score is really good, and uh, Ludwig Göransson has been around for a while, scoring all, scoring a number of different like TV shows and and movies. He's uh, he's worked with Childish Gambino for ever ever since the start of his career. That's where he really got his. I get cold. His I get fame. Yeah, <laughs> and but uh, but Nicholas Patel for uh, if Bill Street could talk, his the score has been uh, the score has been highly highly publicized, and it does help that Patel also composed the score for a really popular show uh succession this year so i think that that also adds another layer to like his popularity in his name so um bill street did get shut out of like a, a, a best picture and some other categories but and uh i don't think it'll win any other category it's in maybe 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 another one but uh, i it'll definitely it'll get best original score even though i think black panther is, is is the number two behind it yeah justin i was leaning towards black panther for a while there but I'm going to end up taking um, If Beale Street Could Talk. It just has all the momentum right now going towards it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, it, it's a score. It, it always makes me wonder. Like, A Star is Born, clearly the best soundtrack of the year, but it's not considered a score. It, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's basically a score, just music without the words, right? It's the, the background music that like lights up a scene one way or the other. Um, and I just think if Beale Street could talk based on what I've read, based on what I've uh, seen, you know, I haven't seen everything, but I've seen short scenes from this movie and it's a good score and it's solid score, but it's got all the buzz behind it. So if Beale Street could talk is also my pick as well. Yeah. I would, I would not be surprised if uh, black Panther won because of, uh, cause you know, uh, it did the original soundtrack itself. They get a lot of they did get a lot of attention, and it was pretty popular because it was uh, it was executive produced by uh, Kendrick Lamar, and he had his hands all over it. So, but his name's not on and, this. This is score. This is different. That's what I'm yeah, saying. That's what I'm I, saying, man. Yeah, I just think maybe maybe the ask maybe the voters will get a little bit confused and kind of meld the, meld the two together, but because uh, it is because the original song and score kind of like I don't know maybe uh Maybe gets maybe will get confused by by voters by voters who don't do all the research that they should. So I'm just yeah, just 
come from that perspective. Okay. So best makeup and hairstyling. Border. I, I, I don't know. What is border? Have you heard of border? I I have not, honestly. <laughs> so, I mean, that's a, it's nominated, though. Uh, there's always a weird one in this category, best makeup or hairstyling. They find somebody that's like, you know, put a lot of hairspray in somebody's hair. Mary Queen of Scots and Vice. Those are the three nominees. There's only three. Uh, Justin, it's been noted heavily that there was a lot of highly respected makeup people and the job they did for making the historical characters come to life in Vice. And how much Christian Bale uh, looked like Dick Cheney. Like, granted, Christian Bale gained a boatload of weight for that movie, but he's still with some makeup turned into him. Um, Sam Rockwell, Donald Rumsfeld, all these people. Amy Adams as uh, <laughs> Mrs. Cheney. So, Vice is my pick here, and I think it's it's the heavy favorite. Usually, they go for a movie like Mary Queen of Scots. Um, you know that that fancy dress up and makeup, but in this case, it's going to go to Vice. Yeah, yeah, Vice is going to win here uh, pretty easily after seeing like what Gary Oldman did with all that. Makeup yes, exactly. For, yeah, uh, for Darkest Hour last year, and uh, I think Vice will. I think Vice uh, Christian Bale has a similar thing going for him, and I think uh, the Vice makeup artist makeup department will get will get honored for that. Okay, um, let's let's we can move on to the next category. We, 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 <laughs> I don't wear makeup. I don't. I, I style my hair for work, I guess, every morning. But I don't. I don't even mm-hmm. spend too much time on it. So we don't yeah. need to talk about it. That, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So best costume design: Mary Sofritz for the Battle of Buster Scruggs, Ruth Carter for Black Panther, Sandy Powell for the Favorite, Sandy Powell for Mary Poppins Returns, and Alexandra Byrne, Mary Queen of Scots. Um, Justin, does Sandy Powell take away votes from uh, herself or himself? Um, um, she. I don't think she will, cause uh, I'm not sure. Well, I. She's been double nominated before on uh, 2015, and uh, she did, she didn't win either time then. So I guess technically she she did in her past her past double nomination years. But uh, she's been nominated many times before by the Academy. Um, yeah, four, 14 and, uh, times. Yeah, yeah. So, and she's won a few. Yeah, she's won three. She won for Shakespeare so. Love, The Aviator, and The Young. So, two of those movies people have heard of. Yeah, and I the the Academy recognized her, and uh, but I think uh, I think um, Black Panther, all the different costumes and all the different like part of the costume for Black Panther was a big part of like the world building from like the armor to like all the different dresses and regal um regal um regal attire that the uh that uh the family was wearing and i think that uh i think that ruth carter who was who's been spike lee's longtime uh, costume designer he didn't she didn't work on uh, black Klansman, but um but uh i think that she's gonna get her oscar here just because like those costumes are really sort of iconic looks more so than like the favorite was who Sandy Powell is also seen as like the other leading contender, and I think that uh, I think that Black Panther is going to win for this one. Man, this is such a toss-up. If you go read about it, it's it's so back and forth with so many people. <sighs> Best costume, man. When you think about costume, I mean, 
I mean, there's one popular, one greatly popular film here, and everybody thinks of the Wakanda mask, you know, and things like that. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of good symbolism with the costume design. And to note, if um, Black Panther wins, this would be the first um, African American woman to win in a non-acting category, right? Um, I'm not or sure at least in a that. long, long time. But I believe that that is what it is. So Ruth Carter. And Black Panther. Oh, this is a tough one for me. I'm I'm gonna I was thinking the favorite. I'm gonna switch to the Black Panther. Um I I do think there is more, you know, very symbolic and memorable costume design, especially with the uh the mask of the Black Panther, especially mm-hmm. um being most notable. But now my question is, did she make that mask? Or did the costumes for her come after the fact? That's what I'm not sure. Because Black Panther first appeared in Civil War. If that was yeah, the case, that might change my mind. But she still had to make all the costumes for all the all the women in Wakanda and that were that were on a no. That's true. On the Black Black Panther side, and also all the other tribes. Yeah, that are she, that live in Wakanda. She definitely had a big role. Um, I'll lean Black Panther with you. And there's another one, uh, the next category as well, Best Production Design. Um, Black Panther, The Favorite, First Man, Mary Poppins Returns, and Roma. Black Panther, Justin, obviously, the big um, production design is their uh, their fight scene, right? The, the Where they bare-knuckle box up by the waterfall. Yeah, yeah, that was great. And also the the throne room, too, where, uh, where Killmonger gets gets put um gets uh, introduced to the rest of the, the royal family so that that's also a, a big that's uh, also a big set piece too really amazing set seeing like the audacity of the throne room and how how big and how spacious it is so so what are you feeling for this one then i think black panther because it definitely involves creating like a whole fictional the look and feel and of a whole country, pretty much of a whole whole fake country in Wakanda, and about help creating like a society and everything that that involves. And uh, I think that like I think that the, the production design is incredible. You really feel totally immersed in what Wakanda is all about, and what they've what their creeds are just by like the environment that you're in. And uh, the favorite, which is also the other leading contender. Yep. The, the palace there is really built very well and it the camera does really cover every inch of the palace and the production design definitely helps bring those sort of like those those things to every those corners to life but i think that uh that castles and uh and palaces have been seen before in movies but nothing like i think quite like the black panther has uh the audacity of like the wakanda of the wakanda world building has been seen before in movies so yeah, I'm actually going to lean towards the favorite, Justin, in this one. I agree with you a lot with what you said, but I, like you said, the detail is so fine. It makes it look like they're in a real um, high, you know, net worth place. The the details are so exquisite. I, I just think it's a, it was a bigger challenge as well um, to be able to pull that off compared to Black Panther a little bit, just because um, there's a lot of CGI that involves that production and it kind of hides it a little bit as well. I mean, it's not all, but I'm I'm just saying I mm-hmm. I like the favorite a little more in this category actually, 
Also, because I can't decide between two, the favorite and Black Panther in these two categories that we just discussed, very neck mm-hmm. and neck. I want to at least go with one, the favorite. Um, and I like it better in production design than um, costume design. Yeah. So we're, we're almost towards the bigger categories. We got one more, you know, they don't consider it the bigger categories. And that's the one they were never even going to show on the television screen, Justin. That's cinematography. They weren't even going to show it. They're just gonna- yeah, it's disappointing. You can't have can't have movies without cameras, and they're just about to basically reward for best uh, best the best visual category. So yeah, it's that was almost embarrassing. Good thing they uh they uh they they turned around and decided to uh to air the category. So we have cinematography, Cold War, The Favorite, Never Look Away, Roma, and A Star Is Born. Justin, I feel like this is the point in the night where Roma starts picking up some major victories. Uh, yeah, Roma. It's very yeah. distinct, and it's black and white, and so is Cold War. And actually, the favorite has a very unique way of showing the film. Um, a Star is Born, Never Look Away, mm-hmm. not really considered anything here. But Roma, Alfonso Cuaron, just very uh, powerful film, especially the look for it, especially um, their noted climb towards the the uh, ocean at the end of the movie as well very powerful very cinematic mm-hmm. yeah Alfonso Cuaron uh, really did uh, a good job filming this movie and uh, it's his first time his first time as a credited cinematographer so that's that's kind of awesome and uh, I gotta say though the, like a stars born uh, the, sh- the visuals are pretty great in that and uh, and the favorite was really was the was the more like I guess like more creative sort of like way because using that used like these wide angle fisheye lenses mm-hmm. that really covered like co- from corner to corner so you can like see around corners where people are walking and really see the breadth of this this uh, this palace where pretty much the whole movie takes place in. and uh, that was really cool seeing keeping the visuals interesting while we were pretty much sticking in one environment. So I really appreciated that for, for the favorite, but I think Baroma has been, has been killing it in cinematography in the, in the award season. I think that it's going to, it's going to do well again on Oscar night. All right. So we're in agreement there. Um, now we're getting to the big categories. You can consider the, you know, the bigger ones and it starts with the writing. So adapted screenplay. So this is a screenplay. That's not original. It's based on something. Although, you could argue some of these don't belong in this category. Like mm-hmm. Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Black Klansman. Can you ever forgive me, Justin? Can you ever forgive me? That's also the name of this best adapted screenplay. Can you ever forgive me? If Beale Street could talk and a star is born. And Justin, this one definitely seems to be leaning um, as... Spike Lee's only opportunity to win on the night, and I think he's finally going to get a rewarded here. He has never he has never won an Oscar, right? Uh, I don't think so. No. So he's not going to win for best director. I think that one's pretty sewed up, as we'll get to later. But I'll let you I'll let you go with your pick really quick here before I go with mine. But I think I might have just revealed it even. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with um. Can you ever forgive me? It is. Uh, it's oh, been wow. um. It's been um, it's been doing pretty well in the award circuit. It just won the uh, Writers Guild Award for Best Adapted Screenplay, so I think that that carries a lot of weight with voting, especially as it, as the voting closes here. 
pretty soon within the next day or so. And then, um, but, uh, the ballot, the ballot, uh, Buster Scruggs is only, only has two, only has two, uh, it's a, for those that don't know, it's a vignette of, uh, of six short stories combined into one movie. And, uh, only two of the, uh, only two of the stories are based off of, uh, previously, previously, ad- uh, written, written material. So, um, four of the stories are, four of the stories are, have, are Coen Brothers originals. And, uh, I think that maybe some people won't will like be turned off by that, even though it does have the shiny Coen Brothers name. And uh, can you ever forgive me? Has been has been has does have some like good weight writing power behind it. And um, but I I think that uh, I think I think it's gonna win because uh, even though Stars Born has been is technically previous material based off of three previous remakes and uh, and Eric Roth has been. Uh, Oscar nominated screenwriter before, especially for like Forrest Gump and such. So he's been around a while, but I think uh, "Can You Ever Forgive Me" is going to win based on just like how the uh, the postseason has been going for Justin Spike. Movies. Spike Lee has never won. You don't think they're going to give him the award here? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think like it's it's not like his like is the most like highly touted. Um, a script that he's written. Yeah, but I mean, he's not going to win for best director, and like I said, we'll get to that in a few moments. And I feel like the only way he gets rewarded finally for getting an Oscar is through this adapted screenplay. And I, I, I don't think they were uh, eligible for the WGA, and that's why they didn't win that. So, I, I, I see Black Klansman coming up on top here, personally. Uh, to uh, I don't, agree, I don't like the way they wrote the end of that movie. But it will um, it will have to do. I I I'm not picking the one I want to win. Um, I'm picking the one I think will win. Will win. So it's going to be Black Klansman for me. And I'm glad I can get one on you so easily this late in the game. Nice of you. It's really nice of you. <laughs> um, are you going to move on to best original screenplay? So the favorite, first reformed. Which I'm very glad to see you get a nomination here, Dustin. Um, Green Book, Roma, and Vice. Original screenplay. Now, this has always been a favorite category of mine because this, I think, is like truly the best of the best. And the favorite has been getting a lot of love in all, all these categories. Um, they have a lot of nominations. It's a very witty movie, um, very female-driven so I feel like that's going to be rewarded here. Um, the favorite is my pick. Yeah, the favorite of my the favorite is my pick too. It really uh, it really develops all these uh, the three main characters: uh, Olivia Coleman, Emma Stone, and uh, Rachel Weisz. They all they they all kind of like the tree of those characters are, are really really strong, and all the other supporting characters are are excellently ri- written as well. And the and uh, the the movie has a lot of like great offbeat humor that. That you don't see in a lot of like period pieces, like like usually see, and um, I think that uh, I think that it, the words really jump off the page with um, with all the characters and uh, speaking, and uh, I think that it's like a, it's gonna it's gonna win because it's it does it does have ten nominations, so people are very very familiar with this, and it does have the star power, and I think that uh, I think that's gonna win, and um, it's not the other screenplays uh. Vice, Vice is okay. Um, Green Book, the script was kind of okay. it's kind of eh. 
it's co-written by um by the son of the of the of the main character that the movie is based on um so it's a uh, it's um it's um it's okay it wasn't like the best script in the world but i think the favorite really really does does a better job of of conveying the dialogue and uh so I, i'm gonna go with the favorite as well all right but uh but before we move on i just gotta say a uh, quick shout out to eighth grade that movie bo burnham really wrote an amazing script and really really did uh did really did um bring bring um some new things to coming eight coming of age movies that really haven't been seen before in a while anyways from like new fresh takes and uh he did win the he did win the uh, original screenplay award for the Writers Guild, so it is kind of surprising he didn't get nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, so, that would have been good to see here. Um, that would have definitely been good to see here. Yeah, he would have been a fun person to have at the Oscars, but uh, eighth grade death shut out completely. So yeah, it's not a bad category here. I don't think Roma personally deserves uh, the nomination. I, I we have some issues with that one, but we'll move on to the next category because we'll be talking mm-hmm. about it still. So, best director, we have Spike Lee for Black Klansman. Paulo Pawlikowski, the Polish, the Polak, Cold War. All right, Justin, you and me, obviously, Polish, Zaconi. <laughs> yeah. Yogos Lantimos, the favorites, Alfonso Caron, Roma, and Adam McKay for Vice. Justin, Adam McKay, the director's stepbrothers, Talladega Knights. Now getting a second best director nominee, pretty nomination, pretty crazy. Yeah, it is, um, it is nuts where his career is gone. But having said that, this one is pretty straightforward. I think um, it's Alfonso Cuarón. This guy, every time he gets nominated, it seems like he's going to win best director at this point in his career. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely like one of the best uh, directors of his uh, of his generation, and he keeps getting rewarded as such. And I think uh, I think Roma is going to be be the same. And uh, even though I kind of I did kind of like uh, the the favor is honestly my best my favorite Oscar movie that I saw, and Yorgos Lanthimos really took did that really made something out of nothing for a script that he didn't even write. He usually writes his own scripts, and he didn't write a script. He didn't write uh, the favorite, as we just talked about, but um, but he really did something well with the script he didn't write, and I think it really focused his directing powers on on making a better movie. Yeah, no, I I I agree. I agree with everything you just said. Um, Paul Lukowski, that was a nice nomination to see him. Were you surprised to not see Bradley Cooper in this category? I I was a bit uh, yeah I was kind of shocked because the whole the whole stars born was built around the whole thing was built around Bradley Cooper being this auteur and finally directing a movie after years of preparing and being ready for it. And to see him getting shut out of best director was honestly really surprising. Yeah. I mean, is this, are they still like sending a message? Like, uh, you got to earn it, son. You got to earn it, boy. Uh, you can't just, you know, direct one movie and automatically get nominated. I feel like maybe that's a little bit that is here. Like you got to earn it a little bit. I'm just trying to think of why he wouldn't get nominated because I think uh, he did a really good job filming that movie, and part of his direction was part a lot of what uh, helped made that movie work so well. Because it could have been a disaster. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So now we're going to move on to the ca- acting categories, and then we'll get to the big one at the end. So there's four acting mm-hmm. categories. We're going to go to the supporting first, and we're going to go to supporting actor. And this guy has won every single award we've seen, pretty much. And that's Mahershala Ali for Green Book. Um, I'll just list the rest of them. It's Adam Driver for Black Klansman, Sam Elliott for Star is Born, Richard E. Grant for Can You Ever Forgive Me, and Sam Rockwell, picking up the nominations lately. Yeah, he won last year for three billboards. Um, He and he's nominated for Vice, playing George W. Bush. But Herschel Ali, Justin, his career, this guy's career is on fire. He's in True Detective. He was one of the main voices in Spider Verse. Uh, He's he won the the supporting role was it last year or two years ago? Two years ago for Moonlight. Yeah, and now he's about to win again. Um, That's my pick for Green Book. Yeah, I just I yeah he's a he's pretty great in Green Book. He plays really well off of uh, Viggo Mortensen, and he's pretty much like a co lead. I don't know, I'm, like I'm surprised they maybe because they thought like Mahershala could win supporting actor. That's why they supporting actor. So that's why they probably put him and campaigned him in this category. But um, but he's uh he's pretty much like the co lead in Green Book, and uh, he's like he's pretty he's pretty he's pretty good in it. Although it's it is really nice and he's gonna win, and I'll, I do have to say that it was really nice to see Sam Elliott getting his first ever Oscar nomination yes. for Star Is Born because he is that's who I want to win. He's pretty incredible in A Star Is Born as a uh, as Bradley Cooper's brother. So, if there's a category for want to win or whatever that is, he's my pick for want to win. I'd love to be wrong and see Sam Elliott win this award. Mm-hmm. Just because Mahershala Ali, we've already seen it. Um, he did a good job. He's always good. But, we, you know, it's nice to see somebody new. And Sam Elliott, I think, really deserved it. But Yeah. We'll move on to Best um, Supporting Actress. So those nominees, Amy Adams in Vice, Marina DiTavita in Roma, Regina King in If Beale Street Could Talk, Emma Stone and Rachel Weiss both in the favorite. Now, Justin, I feel like those two are going to cancel each other out. Emma Stone and Rachel Weiss. If one of them was nominated, perhaps they'd win, but they're going to split the vote. Yeah, that's how it usually that's how it usually goes with uh, with actor double double actor nominees in um in movies. So unfortunately, neither of them are really going to get the recognition they deserve because they do they do both really bring it in in the favorite and. Uh, and it is also kind of like a shame that like Amy Adams isn't seen as a favorite here, considering uh, Vice is her fifth not fifth acting nomination of her career, and she hasn't won at all. So we're bound to see her get a, a get a, one of those uh, career Oscars in a few years, I'm sure. After if she if she doesn't pick up a win in the next three or four years or so. Well, you know what she's going to win it for, Enchanted too. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, she's good in Enchanted. Yeah, but, she is really she is really good in Enchanted. Yeah, I mean Regina King has been picking up every award, Justin. And we, I mean, we say this about a lot of characters picking up every award, picking up every award. But it's true, it is. Uh, we're here to give you who's going to win, and that's going to be Regina King. Yeah, I think yeah, she's been she's been on fire in the award season, and I think it's not going to stop here. And I do think part of it too is I think she's going to give a really good speech. Uh, you know, she's um, someone that's deserving of a win. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's very sincere about it, and I, I think her time at the Oscars and winning this category 
it's going to deliver a nice moment for the evening. And that's, Definitely. And that's a sentimental part of me. So, <laughs> let's move on to the top acting awards. That is Best Actor, Best Lead Actor, and Best Actress. So, for Best Actor, Kristen Bell and Vice. Rachel! No! Rachel! Uh, wait, that was, no, no, that was Harvey Dent! Uh, damn it. <laughs> Where is she? Where is she? Where's the trigger? That's Christian Bell. There we go. Mm-hmm. I just watched uh, Dark Knight Rises recently, so mm-hmm. I'm Christian Bell, fresh in my mind. Uh, <laughs> Bradley Cooper, first star is born. That's my Bradley Cooper impersonation. Hey, what? I just want to get one more look at you. All right, enough of my Bradley Cooper impersonation. <laughs> um, William Defoe at, at Eternity's Gate. Apparently, this movie came out this year, uh, or at some point, and William Defoe was in it. Apparently, as well. Uh, mm. <laughs> can you explain that nomination for me, Justin? I, I don't get it. Nobody has heard of this movie. Least... Yeah, he's part... he's uh, he's playing Vincent Van Gogh. Oh God. So, uh, so I think like it's like the big uh, nominal like historical figure nominee here. Uh, you just you, there's so many better standouts than that. I don't know, but well, uh, all right. Rami Malek and Bohemian Rhapsody, and Viggo Mortensen for Green Book. Justin, when award season started, it seemed like a race between Christian Bell and Bradley Cooper. And Bradley Cooper is great in his role. I actually think he's better in the directing a little bit than he is in the acting, personally. Mm-hmm. Um. So, like he's more deserving of a win for director than acting, but <laughs> Rami Malek has just stormed ever since the Globes are supposed to be like not, you know, an indicator of how the rest of award season goes. It's mm-hmm. absolutely been like it seems like the turning point for the acting categories, and Rami Malek won there, and he has picked up almost every award since. Christian Bale, I think, is more deserving, but Rami Malek did do a great job as Freddie Mercury. Um, I- but he didn't sing, you know, and that's like that's a big part of the movie. I mean, mm-hmm. he he did a good job lip syncing, I guess, and the you know the sound mixers like we talked about did a really good job. It's tough for me. It's tough because I really did like the job Robbie Malik did. That was the one part of the movie I actually liked. I'm gonna go Robbie Malik here. That's that's who I think will win. Who I think should win is Christian Bale because he did such a phenomenal job of blending into Dick Cheney. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I have to go Rami Mel because I think that's who's going to win. And I, yeah, would, I, I wouldn't mind seeing it. I wouldn't mind seeing it. Yeah, I think he'd give a good speech if he won. And uh, and I think he, his, he I think he is going to win as well. But um, uh, it is kind of it does kind of suck that uh, Bradley Cooper is not going to get any sort of uh, any sort of award for his for his work on The Star Is Born. Because he he was like the center of that movie, and his performance was definitely one of the, one of the best ones that he's given in his career. And uh, and Christian Bale was also pretty great as a uh, as Dick Cheney. Like he you kind of forgot that he was a uh, he was Dick Cheney. You forgot kind of forgot it was Christian Bale playing Dick Cheney after a while. Yeah. Definitely. So, uh, but uh, I think Rami Malek's gonna win here because he just been he's he's been on fire everywhere else. So I'd be shocked if Rami Malek didn't win. So. 
All right, so Rami Malek, both our picks for Best Actor. Now we're going to go to Best Actress. So those nominees, Yelitsa Aparicio for Roma, Glenn Close, The Wife, Olivia Coleman, The Favorite, Lady Gaga, A Star is Born, and Melissa McCarthy in a nomination. Uh, she was nominated for Best Supporting Actress for Bridesmaids, and now she's moving on to a little more drama in Can You Ever Forgive Me? Oh, Justin, Justin, Justin. Before we get to who our pick is, what is your opinion about Lady Gaga and A Star Is Born? I think she's I think she's pretty decent. I think she gives like a, a pretty genuine performance for for her acting capabilities, and uh, I don't think they really asked her to do more than the kind of like being some form of herself. And I think that uh, she's obviously not the most like refined actor, but I think like seeing that the rawness of like her becoming a star and her, her relationship with uh, Bradley Cooper's character was really at the heart of like her performance. And I think it's really good for what it is. So do you think she's deserving of a best actress award? I think so. Like she was, she was definitely the favorite for a while until, uh, until Glenn, Glenn Close came along. And, uh, but I think she should probably win if it wasn't for, for Glenn Close, uh, for Glenn Close coming here. Uh, so your pick's Glenn Close, right? Uh, yes. Uh, Justin. I don't get it. I don't understand why Lady Gaga should win. I've been reading a lot of places. Lady Gaga should win. She's terrific. And... Uh, all right, bad bad start, I guess. It's just I really like Lady Gaga in this movie. I think she was I think she was good. She's very entertaining. But there's just a little something missing there for me that like for someone to win this award for best actress. This is the top award. And she this is like her first movie basically, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And there's just little subtle things like in moments of quietness, like where her eyes go or how she reacts to a, a line coming back at her. I agree with you. There's a lot of that rawness. A lot of it is good directing by Bradley Cooper, quite honestly, to get this out of her in the first place. Um, and she really, really soars during the musical scenes, which is what she does. That's her profession. Um, there's almost not much acting there. And I just feel like there's just a little bit of that offness for me I felt during the movie that I can't award it. Who I want to give it to? Olivia Coleman. She's killer. Uh, she's great. I think she deserves to win this out of the five nominees. But unfortunately, it's going to go to Glenn Close in The Wife, a movie nobody's seen. Nobody's seen this movie, Justin. But she's going to get it. She's been nominated seven times before. Uh, it's a, one of those career achievement things. You know, like Leo won for The Revenant. The Revenant is his best movie, but he won because everybody's like, Leo Lee needs to win at this point, you know? So I feel like that's what Glenn Close is kind of getting here for the wife. And that's yeah. my rant about that. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a little bit of ranting here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just because I, I've read all this stuff and it's like consistent across and I just don't understand some of it. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is, does feel like a career achievement award for for Gun Close, and uh, when it should really be, um, when it should really be, um, should should be Lady Gaga's award to win. Okay, well, we talked enough about Best Actress. We talked enough about all the other twenty three categories. Justin, it's time to get down to the last category of the night. 
the uh, the big one. The Oscars are going to get it right on the first try if that joke hasn't run out of its course already. Um, and that is best picture. Now, both of us haven't really decided what route we're going to go coming into this podcast. We're making the decision on the spot, folks. Mm-hmm. So you're hearing it live. Pretty cool, Justin, to get the Europics live. I know everybody's waiting for it out there. Yeah. Um, so the nominees, Black Panther, Black Klansman, or Black Klansman. Um, a Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, sorry. Try not to throw it in my mouth. The favorite, Green Book, Roma, A Star is Born, or Vice. Now, Justin, since I'm reading him off, I'm going to let you take it first. Um, I'm going to have to. So, the, if Bohemian Rhapsody somehow wins Best Picture, because it, it is it is arguably the worst Best Picture nominee in in the 91 years of the Oscars history. <laughs> I, I don't know. We could maybe go find some worse ones, possibly. It is I mean, literally, w- there's a movie, uh, I don't know if you call it, it's called Crash. It won the actual award for Best Picture. So uh, there's those movies out there. <laughs> but it's uh, it's definitely in the bottom five of nominees. Yeah, so okay, fair. If, uh, if that wins, that would be a travesty. But um, the favorite... Is uh is what should win in my opinion because it is it was my favorite movie it had like had hey you punned it okay woo there's your pun there's your pun yeah it's your favorite movie oh, yeah these are too easy too easy go on mm-hmm. go on it was uh it had everything it had like a love triangle a, a power struggle triangle it had um had a lot of great humor a lot of a lot of creative camera angles so technically like. A lot of beautiful camera angles, decent editing, and it had everything that I wanted in like a, a good, a good, a great movie from from Oscar season. And uh, but I don't think it's gonna win. I think the I think Roma is gonna win. It is. Uh, it's been killing it everywhere else. It it won. Um, yeah. It won at the Bas- It yeah. won at the Bastards, the British Oscars, and it couldn't. And British movies can't even win its own its own awards so that's how you know how popular and how how popular and how powerful this movie has been on been for been for audiences so um i think i'm gonna have to go roma because it's just been it's been killing it everywhere else so so you think favorite should win but roma will win yeah and uh the green book green book really kind of dominated the conversation a bit and uh, but I think people got scared off of it as more people saw the movie and all the negative press that has been coming out of it from all like the. Di- well, what did you think part. of Green Book? I I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. The relationship, uh, the the acting was probably the best part of the movie between Viggo Mortensen and Mahershala Ali. They do both of them give very good strong performances and they do play off each other very very well. But um. I do think that it's not like it's not like best picture material. It's a definitely like three out of five star movie, but um, I think that uh, I don't think it's going to hold up as well like over time as like maybe the favorite Aroma will, but um, or or as the Star is Born definitely will. I think a Star is Born is definitely going to be the one that has the longest lasting impact out of all any of these eight movies outside of maybe Black Panther because Black Panther is going to live on in the Marvel cinematic universe for who knows how long who knows how much longer so but um yeah but how many times you've heard like wakanda forever and things like that so we hear it a lot that'll be prevalent for a long time i think as well 
Yeah. But I just don't think it's, I think it's, I don't think really people are going to talk about it like after, after these Oscars are over, especially since it did not receive a lot of like good press and good reviews and things like that. So I think that, uh, I think that Roma is going to win because it's been, it's been the uh, increasingly star of the, of the award season. Yeah. And I, I, so the reason you and I both held off, I think, is that we didn't want to choose Roma. Uh, it's kind of boring. <laughs> it is boring. I th- this yeah. is why it frustrates me. It's going to be the best picture in film classes and in critical circles, but the audience as a whole, no. <laughs> people are, people probably want a Star Is Born or Black Panther. My personal pick of these, as far as best picture, I would honestly. It's tough for me. It would be the favorite or a star is born. I just think Vice is a little... It's hit or miss at points in the movie. But... Mm-hmm. Roma is my pick here. Like you said, it's got all the momentum. If you go to Vegas, it's a heavy, heavy favorite. I got to play it safe here. I'm going against you. I want to win. Um, although I'm pretty sure I got it locked up based on some of your picks, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Like adept at screenplay. Um so my pick also is here is Roma and we're going to be like, Oh, okay. <laughs> kind of <laughs> like when moonlight, uh, one over La La Land is just like, come on. Like nobody sees these movies. <laughs> At some point people got to see the movie. That's going to win the award that signifies what was the best that year. And it's just, uh, it's so frustrating. I do. Yeah, well, they should have an award, uh, Best picture after five years after the fact. Then you really know what was the best picture that year. What's t- mm. stood the test of time. But, I mean, yeah. there's something cool about doing but, it in the moment. But, Zach, the accessibility to Roma isn't the problem, though. No. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Everybody can technically see it. Yeah, but nobody wants, wants to see it. it. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. So, Justin, we went through all 24 categories. It's been one. It's been one hell of a podcast with you, buddy. Um, mm-hmm. How you feeling about the night? How you feeling? I think I think I'm pr- I'm feeling pretty good, and I think I'm going to win. Where are you, you going to watch the Oscars? Um, I think I'm going to watch the Oscars at a, a movie theater here in Denver. They do like an Oscars viewing party night where they have like the public. They fill a couple of the theaters with like the viewing public and people all watch. We all kind of watch it as a community together. So I think I'm going to watch it there again. I've done it the last couple of years and it's a, it's a really fun time because you get to like watch with the live audience, people groan and cheer and stuff like that. So it's pretty fun. Yeah, that's really cool that you do that. I just want I knew I wanted to ask you because I had a feeling you were doing that again. Um, I don't know where I'll be watching it, but I knew you were going to be watching it. That's really cool. Uh, encourages people, you know, they support the movies, and that's mm-hmm. a good thing. Yeah. So we also have a write-up online if you want to look more in-depth at our thoughts. A lot of them follow these, um, what we talked about on this podcast. Um, it's on our website, jzreviews.wordpress.com. Um, please... Look us up on Facebook or anything if you have any questions or want to further talk about our picks uh, and why we made them. But Justin, I really enjoyed doing this podcast with you, uh, buddy, and I'm sorry you're going to lose again. It's nice that you're in the winner's circle for the last year. Um, You've let me know about it a couple times. But now uh, you'll be rightfully put back in your place um, in the loser circle. 
Well, I, I think you're, I, I'm looking forward to hearing your disappointment. So, yeah, well, that's not going to happen. So thank you everybody for listening very much. We really appreciate it. Uh, and we hope you enjoy the Oscar viewing experience and oh, we'll see what kind of award show it is without, you know, a host. Mm-hmm. Is it like walking into a house, uh, a house party without the host there? We'll see. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it could be a disaster. Uh, the place could be a mess. Who knows? Well, Justin, uh, we'll see you uh, February 25th uh, when I'm celebrating my victory. <laughs> well, you'll, I'll, I'll, I can't wait to hear the, the, but the, this disappointment in your voice, Zach. So, all right. We're going to be in the shallows. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Happy Oscar viewing.